This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, episode 10. Typically in gym clothes, I find it such a treat to get dressed up and go out. Paul says I clean up well. We both love nice watches, and I just found a company that's a perfect fit for both of us. Welly Merck watches are Swiss-made, high-fashion accessories that we love, and guess what? We have a discount for you. 15% off any men's or women's watches. Just go to wellymerk.com, that's W-E-L-L-Y-M-E-R-C-K.com, and use discount code W-K-A-R-I-15. So that's capital W, capital K-A-R-I, and 15. So go ahead, shop for yourself, shop for people for Christmas. Enjoy. Oh my, big news, big news, everyone. 2019 is going to be big. I'm going big. It's going to be crazy. (laughs) There is something coming your way. We're calling it the 1230 challenge. What am I even talking about? What is a 1230 challenge, Kari? Break it down here. 12 as in 12 months of the year, 30 as in 30 day challenges. So we are doing 12 30 day challenges for the year of 2019. But why what? why would we do this to ourselves again? I forget. I, I typically don't do things for the <laughs> It's because we want to stretch and grow ourselves in all kinds of areas of our lives to up level and make a better life for ourselves. Uh, all right. So if we want to do it, obviously, maybe some people want to join in with us and come along for this adventure. How do people join our community? Well, we've got an amazing Facebook community called Empowered Top Performers. This is a private group, so you've got to look for us on Facebook and request entry, and then you can join us in there. Or if you want to be a part of this as well and you're not on Facebook, then email Paul. It's pd at empowerconditioning.com. That's actually my email, so if you want to reach out and send me crazy thoughts, you can do that as well. Now, okay. It's going to work like this, that people don't get to know everything that we're doing throughout the year. We're going to let them know what the first challenge is, but then announce the other challenges on the 20th of each month once we're rolling. So what's the first challenge going to be? The first one is no meat. So this is how the whole thing started is I thought, hey, you know, I really want to grow in the area of being able to cook recipes that are meatless and have some really tasty ones, lots of variety for the kids. And so let's try maybe a meat-free 30-day challenge in January. And then, of course, it snowballed from there. Okay, but we're not going to just take away all the things we like to eat all year, are we? Oh, no. This isn't an elimination thing. So there's going to be things you got to add in. There will be 30-day challenges that you won't believe, especially February. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. Those are the basics. You know where to reach out to join the community. You know roughly what's coming for January and that it's happening all year long. We're excited. Hopefully you're excited. Get in there. We will see you soon. Remember, you don't have to do every one of them. Choose the ones you want to do. We'll be with you. Welcome to the Empowered Athlete Podcast, created to support athletes in their pursuit of excellence and inspire others toward their best lives. Hosted by Kari Schneider, coach to top performers in sport and life, and Paul Durden, former national and professional volleyball player.
Greetings all and welcome to another edition of the Empowered Athlete Podcast. I'm Paul Durden alongside my lovely wife, Kari Schneider, and we are talking about habits today, but not just any habits, not your regular habits. Kari, what kind of habits do you want to talk about? We're going to talk about training habits today and specifically training habits to stay healthy, fit, and lean. So this can apply to in your sporting career or post-career after retirement. And just about anybody. I mean, really, these are, these are habits for living your best life. So we all want that. That's why Absol- we're here. That's why we're here to learn. So yeah, this is for everyone. Absolutely. And, and a habit, we think of habits, they can be good habits or they can be bad habits. And oftentimes we don't realize what our habits are because they are, they've, once they've become habit, it's so subconscious that we're just doing the thing and not even realize we're doing it. Exactly. So, so Kari, can... what, are, what are your habits that uh, you want to touch on? So I picked a few of my own personal habits and I'll go through those and then, uh, and then you can share yours. And, uh, and this is all revolving around my own personal method of training for myself, not necessarily something I would do for, um, for a client or athlete, but this is what I have come up with as number one is I have the same schedule each week. So this would be a weekly schedule would be what we'd call a microcycle in periodization. And I have a program that I typically create for myself based on whatever I'm training for. But each week I end up lifting on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and running or doing other form of energy system work or metabolic work on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then on Sunday, I will do a walk or usually a long walk and some sort of recovery. Um, Maybe it's a hike, maybe it's a walk, maybe yoga, sometimes stretching, but ultimately Sunday is that more of a recovery day. Um, But I will do that microcycle week in and week out so that if I am traveling or um, something changes in our schedule, for instance, this week you're going to be traveling on Friday, I have to get the little one on the bus so I can't get to the gym in the morning so I will still do my lift but I will adapt it and do my lift from home and still keep the schedule but if I'm traveling I will do the same type of schedule if I've missed one of those days I simply fall back into schedule the following day and I would have pre-planned for that week to be a recovery week likely depending on what I know I'll be able to do on that particular trip. If I'm traveling to um, somewhere that has a good gym in the hotel, then I'll likely keep a normal cycle. Or if I'm traveling somewhere where I know I can't get into a gym, I might create a recovery week that week and download so that I can do my lift as more of a, um, more of a not, uh, not a weight room type of routine. So, so that's number one. I was going to say, just expand really quickly on, or back up the lens a little bit. So looking at your week is really consistent, but you mentioned the recovery week. So where does that fit in? When does recovery week happen roughly? So usually when I'm building out um, maybe a, a six to 12 week mesocycle, I will take a look at that and do, I might do 
recovery weeks every three weeks, every four weeks. It kind of depends on how it's going to fall with the uh, with maybe travel or holidays or um, what the emphasis is in that cycle. If it's if it's uh, volume work, I may need a recovery cycle more frequently. If it's um, if I'm really looking to build, maybe I'm doing three weeks of build and then a recovery cycle. So it just kind of depends on what I'm going for, but I'm usually pretty specific in my planning. But, but the important point is the habit of the schedule. What it comes down to is that you know Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're lifting, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you're running or doing something like that, right? It's that ingrained pattern. Exactly, and so much so that I don't think about it. All I do is get up and that day I know I'm running. So that's, you know, it's, it's something that you're not ever wasting time or energy wondering what to do or because it's already in my program, I've already planned that out. And, you know, it's, it's just a given. I just go and do it. No, no thought required. Awesome. So number two is uh, I still follow a program, even if I'm not training for a race or some event. So if, so for instance, if I'm not training until, or sorry, I'm not racing until spring or summer, then I'll still be following a cycle or a program all the way through the year because I'm gearing into that particular race. And my, I might have a little more flexibility if it's say, I don't know, post race season, like in September or December, or even really far from race season, like January but I still follow a program which plays into my number one because then I don't think about what I'm, what I'm uh, doing each day. I basically have created my program. Maybe I've made it um, three months long with, with two cycles in it or three cycles in it. And then I just follow what I've created in there. So I follow the exercises. I follow all of the workouts. I progress the workouts each week. So I'm expecting that everything's improving along the way. I may be adding sets, adding load, adding volume to um, runs or adding sets to the runs. So it just, uh, <clears throat> everything's already there. I don't have to pre-think about it. And that's the instance if I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm training for something and just to differentiate, training is going to be different than just plain old working out. Okay. And when you, when you're planning the non-specific race specific program, is there, you know, are you thinking about maybe addressing injury? How do you prioritize with what those workouts are going to look like outside of just the habit of working out uh, after that program consistently? Uh, it depends on what I want though. Like if I'm, uh, if I know I need to nurse a few injuries, so maintain my back is always a must or, you know, knowing there's certain areas I always have to maintain because of old injuries. So like everything from sprained SI joints to disc protrusions to sprained ankle, broken foot, um, sprained LCL and lateral meniscus in the knee, shoulder, labrum tear. Like I've got a bunch of injuries that I don't typically talk about to my athletes or clients, but if I don't, if I don't put in the little exercises in there to, um, as prehab exercise or just maintenance exercises, then that'll cause problems for sure. Um, but no, it's just, uh, 
it depends on what I'm training for. And, and sometimes I might cycle in hypertrophy and, um, but no, I'm just deciding what the emphasis is and then, um, cycling that way. Typically whatever is farthest from the race, that mesocycle is the least sport specific or race specific. So that one I can play around a bit more, do more volume or, just depends on uh, on what I want out of it. And then as I get closer to race time, it's getting more and more specific. So if it was a running race, more running in it. Or and when I say more, like I'm very specific about the type of running and the sets and the, you know, all of that. But um, but there's gonna be more volume of whatever or intensity or specificity of what I want that's specific to whatever kind of race I'm doing, whether it's an obstacle course race or a adventure race or those types of things super cool so taking those two habits what's another one that's high on your list so number three is i have to have go-to workouts to do even if i can't make it to a gym or i'm traveling and don't have anything available to me so i always know the key exercises or i'll have just a little circuit that i either write down or is in my head that I can do on the go. Like, I can't tell you how often I've heard from athletes or clients that it comes down to, well, you know, I had a crazy travel day and I just couldn't work out. And I think to myself, okay, you know, that's possible. I've had those 16 hour travel days that, you know, I haven't been able to work out, but then I know that I'm still getting the same or more amount of activity because I've been walking in the airport or I've done movement prep in the airport or I do activity every hour on the plane or you know there's so many things that way so sure maybe you couldn't work out but you know that's an unusual scenario most of the time even if you're traveling you're in a hotel room you are um, even if you're at a resort or somewhere where there's not a gym available or, or you're at camp you're up north you're on a lake there's still things you can always do. And so I always yeah. have something that, you know, I'm, if I've got nothing with me at all, I can still do body weight exercises that become very challenging and can even make you sore. Think, you know, plyometrics. So lots of jumping movements, think single leg squats, think, you know, using something that's oh, got yeah. a little bit yeah. of weight, like your backpack and you can do hey, your carry on single leg RDLs. And so you can still get a workout in and not have lost ground because you've traveled. So, so habit number three is that there's still, I'm staying on my routine and I've got in my head or I write down just a little circuit that I'm going to do regardless. And then when I return, I haven't lost so much time or um, fitness or strength because I've missed multiple days of training. I've only maybe missed one day because of travel. So those are like, those are the top three. And if I were to add a four as a bonus. Hang on, hang know, on. I, w- I want to add one ahead. to your third and you yeah. touched on it, but you, you've really got to emphasize here that be creative. You're, you're talking about being in the terminal. You're talking about being in the hotel and you can have the mindset of, well, I'm traveling. It's not happening. Or you can have the mindset of I'm getting this done no matter what and having that creative spark of looking at a row of benches in the airport. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some dips here. I'm going to do some step ups. Who cares what people think? I'm going to walk 
two miles back and forth in the terminal, whatever it takes, having that, you know, creative mindset is really partners perfectly <laughs> with your third point. You know what? I, I think it's, uh, it's what you said in that it's that I don't care what people think of me. That I think is one of the biggest things that holds people back because, you know, I've seen even you look at me funny when I've been, you know, down doing Spider-Mans or something like that on a nasty airport floor. And, uh, <laughs> and because, because it's more important for me to get it in simply, and it might come down to, it's more important for me to be able to function normally and feel good and not have my back flare up because I didn't get any movement or blood flow or activation through my core. So I have to do that. And I would rather get it done in the airport than miss it, especially if I had to get up at 4am to make it to that airport. And so it just, um, it becomes a priority, especially when, you know, especially when you have injuries and you know what the cost is if you skip it. Yeah. Just so, so important. It's, uh, aligning things with your priorities. Yeah. And and, then, and I do cringe sometimes when I see you on an airport floor because I've (laughs) seen some things that go onto an airport floor. And to be honest, I I wash my hands and I've got my oils and my, you know, hand cleaner. It's all good. It's okay. Um, number four is just kind of bonus stuff. I do not, I'll cut a workout short in order to make sure that I've got time just to do key stretches and key rolling. And, you know, these are all things that are habit from a workout standpoint, but if it comes down to overall body inflammation or it comes down to leanness or feeling good or, or staying at your best and healthiest body composition, the eating can never be ignored. But I think that's a topic for an entirely a different podcast, but I know that for you and I, that's, that's a, a really important one that we uh, prioritize with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you have anything to add before I dive into my punch list no, here? No, give her, because I know okay. that we have a lot of common ones, but, uh, but I, I, I love that we do this separately so that for the listeners, we kind of come up with our own perspective and then, you know, but clearly most of the things that we're both saying are things that we both do. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but it's, uh, it's nice to see what we each came up with after we've done it separately, so that's fun. Okay, well, here's what I've got, and I'm going to start off with just a big word, organization. For me, this is probably, I mean, I don't want to rate all these habits, but for me, this, this is the first one that came to mind because for me, it's so important in terms of our time management with our kids scene, with the work scene, with everything that's going on. Organization is the key to making the workout happen. If, I, if I'm not organized, the workout doesn't happen. So for me, organization is a huge habit. And it's things like getting the clothes out the night before. Even more importantly, it's meal prep the night before because the responsibility of breakfast or lunches typically falls on my shoulders when you're handling dinners. So I'm making the lunches for everyone or working with the kids on getting those lunches packed and ready to go in the morning so that I don't have to do it in the morning, which is going to kibosh the chance to get to the gym and make the most of my time. So organization, getting the meals made, the bag is packed, you know, just really eliminating any barriers or excuses to not getting to the workout or getting maximum time there because that time is precious. There's not a lot of it. I want to make the most of it. So 
organization, definitely a big thing for me. And anything you'd add to that? Uh, no, just it's, I mean, it's just so huge. It's such a, it's such a key thing that saves time in the bigger picture. And if you end up getting an organ, uh, uh, Tongue a prep, yeah, yeah, no, a prep routine, I was going to say an organization routine, but it's really that prep routine. If you, if you do the same thing over and over again, it's fast, it's efficient, and you don't have to think about it. So it doesn't seem like a big task to organize. It becomes really easy to do. If you've become efficient, you do the same things over and over, you have, you know, it's, you know, it's what you say, organization, even in your, your drawers, your, your timing of when you do things, you know, you've got your clothes, your workout clothes in certain spots, you put it in a certain place, you, you know, your, I know your towel and your clothes are at your backpack, first thing in the morning, for me, it's different, for me, I, (laughs) I basically get all my workout clothes and throw them on the bathroom floor. <laughs> so, Side note, yeah. that's because the bathroom floor is heated. So it's probably the warmest <laughs> spot for those clothes to be. So you're not throwing on something cold in the winter. It's, it's strategic. I have, a, I have a purpose and reason for everything I do. <laughs> so, yeah, but yours is right in your backpack. Mine goes straight on the bathroom floor. And, you know, you get up and go right out the door and have your gear with you. And I go right into the bathroom and, you know, it just depends on the day and depends on what's going on. But those prep routines are, are set. And then you're not even thinking when you're doing those prep routines, you don't have to think anymore because it's so automatic that we're, you know, we're talking about what the weather is the next day or what, yeah, like whatever, we can talk about different things because we're not even thinking about what we're doing. It's so automatic. Yeah, that's it. Just make it happen. Put everything on autopilot and good things do happen then. And that leads me to my second idea, which is really more specific to the workout itself. A couple of habits that really pay dividends for me and how I feel. And the first one, kind of boring, but beyond important is I warm up before every workout before every activity. And that is something that I see happening in rec leagues or, you know, people playing different sports where that part is skipped and it scares the crap out of me to see people play men's league basketball. I played a couple years ago and guys just coming into the gym and starting to tear around. And I know that I've had longevity in my sport, my career, but also following in terms of feeling good, being able to get down on the floor easily by ensuring that I'm always warming up for every warm up and making sure my body's ready to go so that when it gets to the actual reps, you know, there is no warm up sets, which is going to waste time again. And in terms of the sets that leads right into my second kind of habit of working out and that's recording exactly what I'm doing. And that's a habit that was really instilled in me by you training uh, with you, Kari in the gym and everyone who's ever trained with you will know that you want people to record everything. And a couple of reasons for that, obviously, you want some numbers to back up what results you're getting and be able to extrapolate where somebody's going in their performance. But from a, just a pure workout perspective, recording your lifts and your weights allows you to be more efficient with each set because you're not wasting a set or two figuring out what you should be lifting. You know that when you're going to exercise B, you lift X amount for X reps. And so you know right where you should be setting that weight so that you're pushing yourself in that first set and you're getting the most out of your workout for your full sets. And again, when time is short, that is super important. 
not wasting any time in the gym. So warming up well and getting those weights recorded until you know them, you know, I can now just go into a gym and know what I'm going to roughly lift on every lift. Uh, but that's from having recorded for so long. So that's definitely a habit everyone needs to pick up. Exactly. And it's something that you've done for so many years, you know yourself very well and you, you're consistent in your training. So it's, it's that kind of thing where I'll see people not have lifted for three weeks or four weeks, and then they jump in right where they were. And the, the, um, the smack in the face in that whole scenario is that they have the strength still from four weeks ago to still lift the same weight. The strength is still there. Neurologically, the strength will last for around that six week mark, even if you weren't doing any work in that time. And the strength still hangs on, but I promise you, you will feel like you cannot move if you jump in after four weeks of doing nothing. And, you know, the person who does this will feel like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm still strong. I still feel good. Oh, that felt really good. And then later on that day, they just stiffen up, stiffen up. Next day, they can barely move and they're ridiculously sore. But that's just, you know, plain old rookie mistakes because they're not... um, honoring their the time that they took away listening to their body understanding how things work physiologically but yeah like i like i say the when it comes to recording recording is that thing that is is it's been heavily researched and what we know is that when recording is happening you make progress faster than if you had not if you had not been doing it and it's for all those reasons you listed is for knowing, not wasting a set, trying to figure out what weight you should be lifting because you can't remember. And also, and, and I mean, kudos to you because when you lift and the way you've always lifted or always worked out, um, you, you're intense. So you work really hard on each set, whereas a lot of people are just, they end up going through the motions on some of the sets. And when you've actually figured out what your what your max is on a certain low or a certain rep scheme or you know yourself very well in the gym you're not wasting any time figuring those things out you know the numbers you've got them written down and it helps uh helps you along the way and it motivates you it motivates you to see that oh you know what i haven't done this workout for eight days and i'm back to this workout in my program and this is what i lifted last on this so I know I should be able to at least lift this or at least I'm going to attempt it, even if I can't fully complete it due to fatigue or whatever it happens to be. So, you know, at least you're going to try what you what you did last and then figure out what you can do from there. Yeah, it, it really allows you to fuel a little bit of uh, inner fire, or inner competitiveness to see what you lifted. And, you know, you're going in the gym. I'm feeling pretty good today. I want to knock that up two and a half pounds, throw some shrapnel on the end of the bar and beat what I did last time. It just keeps, keeps pushing the envelope just that little bit, which is really important. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't share what we were doing before uh, this talk. And my last point really gets back to your idea about being creative outside of the gym. And that's my last habit that I wanted to touch on is really about the other 95% of your week when you're not working out or 96, however it breaks down, you do the math, but it's being creative and finding ways to improve your fitness or your overall health when you're not at the gym. And it is things that we incorporate as habit now into our daily routine or lifestyle that really go a long, long way. And it's, it's walking the dogs two or three times a day. 
it's biking to work if you have the chance. Kari, you've incorporated walking to work almost every day into your routine, which is incredible for getting outside. You know, you're listening to podcasts, you're getting motivated, you're focused about your day. For me, it's finding extra time for stretching or creative ways to do that. So if I'm in the kitchen, you know, I've got toast on or something's cooking, waiting for water to boil, you know, it can throw a leg up on the counter and stretch a hamstring a little bit. You know, it's just those little bits that nudge things in the right direction that you want to go. And obviously you mentioned it as well. Can't be ignored. I have to say it too, but it really, really comes down to your eating. It doesn't matter what you're doing in the gym. If your eating and nutritional habits aren't there, you're going to be in trouble. But uh, yeah, that other 95%, it's creativity. Find a way to improve, stand up at work, walk around, walk the long way to the printer, take the stairs to the elevator. You've heard all these things before, but being in the mindset to look for them is the key. So, so I got to get really real about these things so people can, I think visual helps people to understand, you know, what, what you and I do on a day-to-day basis. There's not very many people who are mid forties and post pro career or post having babies or whatever it is who stay really fit and stay really lean. It's hard to do with everything that's going on, but to give you some visuals, when when Paul says that, you know, we decide to walk the dogs or go for walks and that kind of thing, this really started when, like, I used to go for a walk and we used to try and go for a little walk occasionally and, and maybe daily even. And, uh, but we got the backyard re-landscaped a few years ago. And in doing so, we had to try and grow some grass. And so we couldn't let the dog out in the backyard. So we got in this didn't, habit. Didn't go so well, that grass. No, but anyway, we, we got, we got in this habit of on the block, um, three times a day in order to make sure she got her exercise, got outside, got to go to the bathroom, but not go in the backyard. And finally, like finally the grass and the landscape thing was done and the dog could go, it was the next season, the dog could go outside, but we had walked so frequently and got in this habit that a, we liked not having dog poop in the backyard and B we had this walk going, you know, first thing in the morning. So right when you wake up and then usually after school, right before kids come off the bus. And then again, after dinner. And if you look at these time frames from a research standpoint, having a little walk fasted first thing in the morning is very good for burning fat. If you look at having midday activity, especially if you've been sitting for any length of time, that is extremely good for blood flow, for health, for all kinds of lipid markers. And then at the same time, having that little walk right after dinner, again, really good for metabolizing, really good for overall fat burning after like, keeping the metabolism going after you've digested that meal. So, you know, we've inadvertently, not, not for fat burning reasons or leanness reasons or anything like that, but it started all around not having the dog poop in the backyard (laughs) and that's but then we loved it so much for our own health and how we felt and how it was for the dogs and how it was for our backyard that it was a good really good thing so I mean that's the real behind the scenes kind of what's going on in our life but to give you another visual Paul is one of the most disciplined athletes that I've ever worked with when it comes to three things I'm going to say number one staying really really intense when it comes to each workout number two he's 
one of, he's maybe the most disciplined person I've ever seen when it comes to eating. Like most of us really overdo it at some point or another on a regular basis. And he rarely, rarely overdoes it at all on any aspect of food. Like it's so rare. So that's number two. And then um, number three, he's super disciplined at some of the little things that most people ignore, like um, stretching. So to give you an example, uh, we are usually brushing our teeth at nighttime at the same time. And, and then after a while, I'm noticing that he's not in the bathroom brushing his teeth. He's standing at the bed. And he's standing at the bed because he's, he's stretching. If you can visualize kind of a, almost a pigeon position for a hip rotator stretch. So he's got his leg rotated up on the bed while he's brushing his teeth and he's getting those little extra stretches in by doing that. So I just wanted the listeners to understand that for you, Paul, that, you know, there's these little, it's these little things that pay huge dividends in the long run because you've done these little daily things. You get on the bed and stretch your back at night. If we watch a little bit of TV before bed, you're usually doing some sort of little stretch in the living room floor. I know that right now we have a, we have a seven-year-old waiting for us to practice um, spy academy training, which involves stretching <laughs> as well. So, I mean. We've like, created a monster. Right. I mean, but, but to the point is that you have developed these little disciplines that are so small, but really take no time investment. You're doing this while you're brushing your teeth. You're doing this for 30 seconds before you get into bed at night. You, you know, it's just, it's these little things that really add to that bigger picture of health and overall fitness and leanness and that kind of thing. So yeah, anything, what do you think? Anything else you want to add to our, our little personal training habits that we've accumulated here? Uh, no, I think you've really covered it as a great summation and it's just important. I guess one thing I want to point out, don't attempt to take on all of these habits at once. So that's a tall order and you're not going to stick to it. You need to just add one thing until it becomes habit. So try the organization thing or try warming up every time you work out until it's automatic. You don't have to think about it happening. Then add the next thing and it's going to pick stick. your thing. Pick yes, your exactly. Thing and, yeah. So that's just last bit of advice. Cause we've flooded you with a bunch of ideas. Hopefully here that you might want to try out or experiment with on your own. So that's just the last point I want to add. Okay, baby. You know what time it is? Question time. Yeah. And I'm I, I, I felt like I was, I was just, you know, really taken aback when I had the last question. So if you haven't heard our podcast that involved the question that I got, you want to go and listen to the question that I got. Um, Okay. So pick a number between one and 200. And if you you pick a number. You went with 73. That was the first question pulled from the book of questions. I will go with question number Uh two. Okay, like, are you cheating? Have you read question number two? I have not, I swear. Okay, because cheaters aren't allowed here. Okay, uh, question number two is so appropriate. Oh my gosh, it's so appropriate because when we're recording this, we're really close to Halloween. So we we likely won't post it until later, but we're really close to Halloween right now. Give it to Um, me, come on. 
do you believe in ghosts or evil spirit spirits would you be willing would you be willing to spend a night alone in a remote house that is supposedly haunted so again everyone the question number two do you believe in ghosts or evil spirits (laughs) would you be willing to spend a night alone in a remote house that is supposedly haunted okay i'm going to answer it in reverse so yes to spending the night in the house Oh, come because, on. No, 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 but listen, you, listen, you listen, listen, not. listen. Yes, I would. I would because <laughs> I I don't fully believe, but I am open. And I told you about listening to uh, that study where they're firing. I t- long story short, I do believe that there there is energy and, you know, energy. I'm going to use the word energy that is just present that we aren't present to. And so... When we die, I don't know what happens. I don't know exactly what I believe, but I am open to the idea of energies or spirit or a ghost potentially staying in our area. And yeah, so I, I, I'm open to it. I've, I always love ghost stories and things like that as a kid and still sort of want to believe that it's not all over when it's over and our energy or something carries on. So so yes and yes to that question okay i have a hard time believing the staying in a remote house remote that is supposedly oh. haunted well i can i, I can clarify that i would be terrified okay, okay. i would yes. be terrified that, i would my mind saying. would be going over time absolutely yeah I, let me clarify okay. there that, but that, i would i would want to do it i would i would psych myself up and i would try it but i would be scared oh yeah guaranteed yeah. guaranteed Okay, so then yep. why would you do it? Why would you why would you spend the night alone in a remote house that's supposedly haunted? Because I might I might get an answer. Shitless. I might then have an answer to part A of that question. And what it, okay, so what if some like doors started to squeak and some stuff started to happen, what would you do? Would you leave? Would you stay? Yes, yes. I've seen enough movies to know to leave. But I would <laughs> stay long enough to verify that whatever is happening can't easily be explained. Okay. Or would try to stay that long. Oh, wow. This is a perfect question for, for this yep. time of year. It's so perfect. Well, yes. that's it then, everybody. That's where we're ending our, uh, our podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed this. We hope this provides some value for you. Um, please share with other people. And if you can be so kind as to put a rating on iTunes or however you listen, because that really can boost the um, the findability, which is totally not a word. The reach. The re- well, it's it's easier to find once iTunes sees that people are are actually they, yeah. they care, they find yeah, value let, in what we're doing. Let the algorithms work for us, not against us. Yeah, awesome. So we hope you enjoyed this. Watch for our next episode. We will be posting weekly, and uh, and. Yeah, good luck in training, life, and all of those good things. Thanks for listening. Adios.